Our time has come. Our time has come. Our movement is real. And change is coming. We don't yet have uh, a, uh, a complete strategy. Tonight, we come here to answer a very important question in everybody's mind. Why in the hell are we still doing this? <laughs> Welcome to Speaking Out America. JR here. You like that little ditty? Yeah. Uh, big bombshell yesterday. Durham's report finally came out. Uh, this is the report that looked into what exactly happened with the Trump-Russia collusion story. Where did it come from? Who was behind it? Was it fabricated? Was it based on, on a loose sets of, of small truths? Was there really an opportunity here to delve into what caused the entirety of the deep state to go after Donald Trump. And it turns out it was all at the behest of Hillary Clinton. Isn't that amazing? Hillary Clinton, uh, planning opposition research. Here's how Newsmax is a little long, but it encapsulates exactly what America learned yesterday. And then an interesting comment by uh, Senator Ron Johnson. That's it. And here is that report from Newsmax. And then, Sean, good morning. The report's stunning conclusion that the FBI and the DOJ failed to uphold their mission of strict fidelity to the law when it launched its investigation into the Trump campaign, suggesting senior FBI personnel displayed a serious lack of analytical rigor toward the information they received. These were investigative leads that were handed over by Trump opponents when neither U.S. law enforcement nor intelligence officials possessed any evidence of collusion when launching Crossfire Hurricane. And these were the officials that knew about it. The report says CIA Director John Brennan subsequently briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence, including the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by Russian security services. I spoke with Republican Senator Ron Johnson to get his reaction. It should shock Americans that President Obama, Vice President Biden, CIA Director Brennan were briefed, I think on August 3rd, 2016, that Hillary Clinton had a scheme to make up a collusion between Trump and Russia. Isn't that amazing? His point is why Americans aren't outraged. We should be outraged. In fact, there should be riots in the street for some strange reason. I'm imagining that in a normal republic such as ours, people would be outraged to find out that the people at the very top of the food chain, the political food chain or the human food chain or the power structure food chain, were all in on it. They were complicit. But then the nerve of these other outlets to downplay it, bring on guests that say it's a whole, it was a nothing burger. Uh, to me, that's just absolutely insulting to the American people. Ladies and gentlemen, every single day I wake up thinking maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's some hope for this country. Maybe maybe our political leaders aren't leading us into the abyss. But then I find out that this report, $5 million went into this report. John Durham was not in a big hurry to finish this. He wanted to make sure he got it right. 
even if it loses a little bit of its thunder, which is ha- which it had because we're all moved on. And now we're actually on to the next scandal that's being obfuscated by the media. I've read a couple of reports the last few days that the media has, is all in. It's just all in. There's just no, there is no redemption at this point. The media is a political arm. Uh, and the reason I know this is because when the report broke last night, I was actually shocked that ABC News had announced the report and they gave, uh, th- for the first time, they gave uh, this story its due and they did it in a very proper way, probably because Jonathan Carl wasn't involved, but that's another story. But the real issue here is that what do people who were bought into, who bought into that lie, who were absolutely convinced that Trump had colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election? And all of the money and the, the resources that were put into investigating all the leads, the Steele dossier, where it came from, all of the, the, the players, the man from Australia who spoke to the and then James Comer uh, or Comey, I, it's a blur. All of these these players involved in trying to bring down this duly elected president. Uh, And then, of course, you know, it continued on because he would have won re-election. I am convinced, and I think we're all convinced, that Trump would have won the re-election had the voters known about this new scandal, which is coming out, that implicates at least some members of the Biden family, whether it's Joe himself, which we think it is, or his brother James, or his son Hunter, selling influence to the highest bidder uh, during the time in which he was serving office. That, that to me, is it's, it's a two-pronged failing on, on the part of Joe Biden. Not only did he take money to sell access of himself to people, but he may very well have set policy in place based on getting bought off. That, that That's a felony. And to do this while he's collecting a paycheck, and, and serving in his duty as vice president. Now, now it's it briefly reared its head a couple of days ago that Obama may have known, he would have had to have known that Biden was up to no good. And this was why it was explained in this article, brief article, I think it was John Solomon. And this is why perhaps Biden didn't endorse. If you remember, it wasn't until the final stages that Biden even put his head in the ring. I mean, for Obama, Obama did not support Biden during the 2020 race until the very end when he more or less had to. And why didn't he? Because he knew there was stink around this president. There is a lot of stink. So I want to just go back. So ABC does a great job at giving this report. It gave it its due. And now members of my family who have been uh, firmly convinced that Trump is a racist, a, a rapist and a racist. And, uh, and also a convicted felon and all of these things that the left attributes to him uh, is w- well absorbed in our family. So when the report came out that John Durham issued a scathing report saying the FBI did not do their job and they, fa- they knew they were working with fabricated information that was sponsored by the political opponent who is Hillary Clinton... Do you think that most people around the country that saw this, that believe that Trump is guilty, went, oh, my gosh, oh, man, I was wrong, wasn't I? Wow, you mean Trump really didn't have all that stuff happening to him? He didn't pee on the bed? He uh, he didn't uh, promise Putin that he would give up 
America. He would have. Wow, that's amazing. All those people like Rachel Maddow, how, how could they have gotten it so wrong? My, my. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a reason that Newsmax is beating CNN. This is the perhaps the shining light to all this, because I don't think anybody on the left was swayed at all by the Durham report, especially when the left went immediately into action upon reading the report of saying that Durham's report was a nothing burger that it didn't mean anything, that somehow it didn't mean anything that the FBI was uh, not diligent in coming up with any kind of factual evidence that would have implied that Trump was guilty. They went completely off the script notes of a fabricated story paid for by the political opponent of Trump, which was Hillary. And that doesn't seem to matter to anyone. So, in essence, we're dealing with a large group of people who no longer are rooted in reality. These people are no longer rooted in truth or facts. And that would explain why they don't believe that Biden and his family were peddling influence while he was serving vice president. To them, they think that's a, that's a political maneuver. By self-serving Republicans, oh, those bad Republicans, they'll do anything to get Trump back in office, that racist. But you know, the left is not rooted in reality. And that has never been become more clear. Just like they weren't rooted in a reality when the J6 commissions, they would watch it every night. They didn't know that J6 was staged, that Nancy Pelosi had her daughter out there videotaping it, and that when they took all the working parts and put it together, they hired the ABC brand director, someone who could come in and make it all come alive during the January 6th commission hearings. They didn't, they're not aware of it or they don't care about it. They don't think about it. They just have one singular focus, which is Trump cannot be the president again because he is a bad man. And this has been inflicted upon 30, 40 million American, otherwise critical thinking adults. And it also explains why these same adults are convinced that it's perfectly appropriate for a nine-year-old to decide their own sex. And it's, and it's perfectly normal to these people who live in this unreality that the world can, the temperatures can be changed by simply changing the amount uh, of, of farts that cows emit. Or it can be changed by eliminating gas stoves and converting to electric batteries that need hundreds of thousands of acres of raw material to make so that we don't destroy the planet. These are the, this is why I've come to the conclusion that I understand now why there are so many people on the left, because there are that many people who are not rooted in reality. They think it's a great thing that we abort 800,000 children every year. They are not rooted in reality, ladies and gentlemen. Our time has come. Our time has come. Our movement is real. And change is coming. We don't yet have uh, a, uh, a complete strategy. Tonight, we come here to answer a very important question in everybody's mind. Why in hell are we still doing this? <laughs> Yeah.
I can't. I still can't get over all this. You know, as I read this report, according to and this is Reuters, the FBI lacked actual evidence to investigate Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign and relied uh, too heavily on tips provided by Trump's political opponents to fuel the probe, according to U.S. Special Counsel John Durham, concluding in a report. Now, you've had 24 hours to digest all of this. 306-page report. But the, again, you know, when you're dealing with people who don't want to live in reality or the reality that is real and they want to live in a pretend reality, I mean, people are putting way too much faith in this administration. And this administration is bad news. I mean, you think the misery is bad now? Wait, wait till you... Wait till you see what's coming. If 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 Biden, for some miracle, is able to pull off a re-election, I just I pray for this country. You know, I read the I read the other day that Putin is he's creating a place in some place in Russia where conservative Americans can move to. <laughs> and I actually gave it some thought because the country that I'm in now is not the country that I grew up in. It isn't. Uh, there, there, there seems to be a majority who are contrary to what America was actually founded on, which is the free exchange of ideas, the right for people to protect themselves, the right not to be coerced into believing in any kind of religion. I mean, I would consider LGBTQ to be a borderline religion because it's not just uh, an act. I mean, the at the root of LGBTQ is what? At the root of LGBTQ is sexual preference. It's who you feel comfortable with for whatever reason in having a sexual relationship with. That is what defines the L, the G, the B, the Q, the plus, and the one, and the A. They are all definitions of the, what would you call it? The preferential degree of your sexual proclivity. So think about that in this terms. We celebrate the pride of being in touch with our sexuality. And it has grown and metastasized into an embrace of, of taking it one step further. And not only can we ch- change or adjust or embrace our sexuality, we can also embrace and change our identity based on how we feel about ourselves, which is a subjective reality, not based on objective reality. See, objective reality is when two people look at the same object and they both correctly identify what that object is and they can share that communication with each other. That's objective reality. You're standing away from the object. Subject means you're in that reality. You're determining that reality. Now, you could argue philosophically that objective reality is subjective reality, but when it's shared between two people, you arrive at the truth, or at least an assumed truth between two intelligent beings. But that doesn't apply in that reality over there. And, to, and so there, if you can make the argument that two people who believe in God are sharing in an ideology, a religion, then can't you make the same argument for two people who are embracing LGBTQ ideology? And if that ideology is now enforceable by law, then is not the state 
getting involved with religion? Now, you may say, well, you know, but Jim, that's a sexual preference. That's my point. It should only be a sexual preference. But instead, it's a complete overhaul of how we view ourselves as a society. This is why they're putting up pride flags all over the, the, the world. It's so strange that you have a government that is pursuing an ideology to the point where they're raising it equal to the American flag, which is supposed to represent plurality. Am I making any sense here? I think I am, but the thing is there are enough ears out there that I think, and I made this point with CNN, there's a reason that CNN has lost the faith of not only their listeners, but everybody else, because they consistently placated to the left and they allowed certain people to come in. You know, they're subsidized by, I, I saw the bill, my tax, my cable bill. There's a little fee in there. It's like 25 bucks and it goes towards paying the salaries at CNN. So they can fail all they want to, but they're still going to get my $20. And it's not going to be by choice. It's going to be because that's how the FCC has set it up. So whose side do you think CNN's on? Right? Just for that thing alone, that 100 million people times $20 is $2 billion. So they're going to get the money from us whether we like it or not. And they're getting it every month. So it doesn't matter how much they fail. I mean, it's encouraging because what it tells me is that people aren't buying what they're selling. And right now what they're selling is, well, it looks and smells like what comes out of my dog's rear end every day that I have to pick up. So again, we go back to this story because it, it says something about the United States. It asks us to take a position on where we want our country to go. Do we want to be free-thinking, free-exchange people? Or do we want to have the government mandating our free speech? Do we want to be a people that subsidizes and promotes the culture uh, that leads to uh, just r rampant abortion? Or do Americans want to uh, not side with that ideology and get away from it? I mean, at its roots, it started as, as racial... Uh, it was based on race. Margaret Sanger wanted to reduce the black population that she saw as a problem in the 1910s and the 1920s because, of course, after the Civil War, uh, black Americans could not find a lot of work in the South or at least work where they could eat and earn a decent living. And so they migrated to all these cities. I feel stupid that I have to say all this, but my fear is that none of this was ever shared with you that you don't know why that the urban jungle is what it is today that's where the jobs were it's why new york is a nation is a city of immigrants every time there was a new load of people coming from some european country for whatever reason uh they would settle in new york because that's where the jobs were so for 30 40 50 years uh the african-american moved and migrated to these great cities where all the jobs were basically doing what now Biden is encouraging the Mexicans to do in our country. Go to the big cities, find your jobs, and we'll come, we'll come and check on you once in a while. And, and when life gets really bad for you, we'll, we'll help you. But under one condition, you must always vote Democrat. Because if you don't keep us in power, then you're going to lose all your benefits and you'll be poor again. And what are you going to do? Move back to your country? And so this, it's extortion 
Keep us in power so that we can keep food on your table. This whole thing with the debt ceiling, I can't remember a year in my life where there wasn't a debt ceiling and there was some contentious argument going on between the political parties. They're going to resolve it, but it's not going to solve it. We're still going to be $31 trillion in debt and operating on a budget where more and more people are getting something out of the system than putting in, and that leads to ultimate disaster. And yeah, we'll have equity, all right. Not the kind of equity I thought that you were looking for, but yeah, we'll have equity. We will all be equally poor. Uh, we are going to have a great guest, Nance, who's coming up next, talk about China. Stay tuned. You're listening to Speaking Out America. I'm JR. And Michael Letts joins us on Speaking Out America. Michael Letts is the CEO, founder of InvestUSA.org, which is an agency that assists law enforcement officers with protective gear. And he's also an expert in law enforcement. And he joins us primarily to talk about what's happening at the border. And I'm just watching the news before we went on the air. And I I have to say, the numbers are, are just astonishing. How did it get to this point? Uh, how, how did we get to where we're at, and how can we possibly fix what's happening at the border? Well, I will tell you, Jim, uh, that is a very <laughs> tough question. Real, real question. I mean, what I mean by the word real, because just what you just said, this is where we are at, whether we like it or not. How did we get to this point? Quite frankly, I think the, uh, too many Americans trusted the government and simply decided to... Uh, put their head in the sand and allow themselves to believe that the government could run and do it best, which, you know, there's always some question about that because you've heard the old adage, Jim, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yes. And because of that, you know, we uh, decided to try to uh, ignore the last part of that statement and just uh, hope for the best. You know, the problem when you try to hope for the best is it never comes about. It never gets accomplished. So that is how basically we ended up where we're at from the standpoint. We gave them a carte blanche, unchecked, to be able to solidify their position of power. And quite frankly, they didn't disappoint. They did everything they could to make sure that uh, they would control the destiny of this country for quite some time to come. And uh, as we've talked about on your show before, Jim, one of the hardest things to do in accomplishing that is when people can fight back. When you take third world countries and you have a military that you can control and they will take your orders and follow through with it, uh, then they can control the populace. But when you have a situation to where they don't have the ability to fight back, they don't have the ability to, to stand, that's where you begin to run into issues that become extremely significant because, uh, Quite frankly, if uh, you don't control the populace and through force, and that's basically what they're doing, through the use of force, then that's why you have American revolutions. That's what happens. We've seen that it's successful. That works. People yearn for freedom, and they'll do pay the price if given the opportunity to do so. The only, only unfortunate part, Jim, is most people are not leaders, and they will, are followers. So... If you don't have somebody willing to stand up and lead, it usually doesn't doesn't end up anywhere. So that's where we're at today. 
and we're getting the results of that today. And quite frankly, the positive is the results of such endeavors always lead to destruction. They're never good. Evil is ever a place that you want to live in, work in, raise a family in, and expect anything other than what we're beginning to see now today. That is that evil totally destructs and destructs absolutely. So that is where we're at today. I mean, this is going to so, take years to flesh out because the uh, oh, no n- and sheer number of, of people being moved here and relocated there. What are your people telling you, law enforcement uh, people that you talk to from around the country, are they starting to see the crime spikes in certain areas, the increase in, in drug activity? And even I think you mentioned last week the shooting in McAllen, Texas, could have roots tied to the cartel. And now we find that the cartel, uh, the, the Mexican government is absolutely silent about what the cartel is doing by moving this large product of not only drugs, but human trafficking into our country, seemingly unfettered. But now we've got the National Guard. So help me understand, how are people getting in now if we have the National Guard at our border? Well, and here's the uh, how effective corruption works. It's a perception issue. They have sent 1,500 National Guard troops. The problem is they're not engaged in um, keeping them from coming across the border. Their perception of what they're telling the media is this. We just sent 1,500 National Guard troops to enforce keeping people across from coming across the border. Now, how do they justify that situation? Those 1,500 Guards people are just simply there to supposedly help process paperwork. So that you don't have a backflow in the processing centers. So, so they're using our them. National Guard to usher in migrants seeking asylum. That's what they're there for. They're not there to prevent an onslaught of. That's amazing. You, you are exactly right, Jim. And so that's what they're doing. But how can they, you know, they can get away stretching uh, these elements by saying, quite frankly, that look, we don't have to say that we're not doing something. We are. We're sending troops. We're not going to tell the media what their troops are doing, that they're really they're totally ineffective. And see, they would even argue that point. By us freeing up administrative assistance, we're helping put those people on the line to help stem people from coming across the border. The problem is, Jim, I think the American people and the uh, Sheriff's Department and law enforcement are stupid. You don't hire and train a law enforcement officer to sit behind a desk and process paperwork with a rubber stamp. But they don't think the American people are smart enough to know that. And quite frankly, so you you take a look at what they're doing, Jim. The people they are freeing up are not anybody that you would send on the border, on the, the very front lines, to stein the number of people coming across anyway. But it gives the perception that they're doing something. And uh, perception for many people is reality. Michael Letts joining me. You can find out more about Michael and what he does and what he's involved with uh, by going to michaelletts.com or investusa.org. A shooting in uh, Farmington. They're still looking for the 18-year-old who was responsible for killing three people. Uh, Quickly, why are they withholding his identification? It all ties back into a just as we talked about a second ago, we're controlling the narrative 
we're sending troops. That's all we want to know. You think, okay, we're on the good side. We're staming people from coming across the border. You got to be careful what information you release if you're going to find out it will come back and bite you. Right. So they would not allow anything to come out until it's been vetted on their side as to whether it's helpful or hurtful for their narrative and their cause. We got about a minute. Uh, uh, Audrey Hale, her letter, her manifesto is now in the hands of a judge who gets to decide why she decided to kill six people at Covenant Church in Nashville. What do you think the note says and why are they hiding it? I mean, what could possibly be the reasons for them not wanting to let people, the public, read this note? Well, quite frankly, I think, you know, what you're going to quickly see is that they are, you'll see the agenda for the transgenders, the hatred, the uh, total lack of reality. And that does not benefit their narrative. See, they want their, their narrative to be is conservatives are just domestic terrorists. We have no compassion. We have no, no empathy. We just simply want to destroy, destroy, destroy. And if the narrative in their own words comes out to show it's the exact opposite, that hurts their cause, not helps them. So that's why they're making such efforts to keep that quiet. Do you have any insight as to what is on, any rumors? Not that we like to speculate in rumors, but as long as they're not giving us the facts, we might as well. But uh, have you heard anything? No question, Jim. You're exactly right. What are the facts summarized? The facts summarized are this. You will see when you go through her, this manifesto, just how totally confused she is, how totally out of touch with reality she is, and how totally consumed with vengeance and anger, everything is blamed on conservatives. And that's exactly the narrative they want you to hear. What you're going to see is you're going to see that these transgenders are not what they're making them out to be as somebody that you should be being empathetic for. It's realizing that their lifestyle that the government promotes creates and destroys these kids and then their destruction turns around and destroys people around them. Mm-hmm. That's bringing down communities. Yeah. Michael Letts, always uh, good to catch up with you and get your insight on some of this stuff. Talk to you next week. And again, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Jim. God bless you and God bless America. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. Is this why transgenderism is exploding in American public schools? Mark Tapscott wrote this from PJ Media. It's an interesting article. It takes a perspective of why are we seeing... uh, There's a big controversy right now over the fact that that Audrey Hale, uh, the woman who shot up those six people in that Covenant Church in Nashville, they're not letting anyone see the manifesto that she wrote. Uh, It's now, I believe, in the hands of a judge who's now reviewing it and trying to determine whether or not the general public should should be exposed to this woman's or this man's or this person's thoughts, which is strange in and of itself. It's like we can't let people know what she was thinking. 
Isn't that an interesting perspective that the United States government takes towards releasing information like they're the gatekeepers of what can be shared? Because why? Because the motive is, oh, well, this will just, this will enrage people when they find out that she was targeting these people because of their faith. See, then then that would put into question whether or not this person was maybe having some reactions to drugs. Maybe she was mentally ill. Maybe the drugs were making her mentally ill. Maybe she wasn't mentally ill at all, then she just held to certain beliefs that turned her and radicalized her. That's probably what it was. But there's an interesting comment that was made in this article, and I want to share it with you. Uh, and what I think it means is that there's a, there's a social pressure. Uh, uh, he says, how to explain the explosion in, in public schools of kids who are identifying as trans? He writes, social media pressures is one partial explanation, but much more important are public school teachers and administrators and the far-left advocacy groups that are funding the movement, training and propagandizing resources, and especially, if you'll believe this, the Human Rights Campaign. Ever heard of HRC's Thrive Conferences? Odd that you haven't, but the influence of this program is undeniable. Every year, Thrive trains thousands of youth-serving professionals including teachers and counselors, on how to create safe, inclusive, and welcoming environments for LGBTQ plus youth. And they do it by, well, one way do they do it, and I didn't really think about this until somebody brought it to my attention, but you know those, those multicolored rainbow flags that they have in classrooms? That's supposed to be a sign that it's a safe zone, where you are free as a teacher to talk about LGBTQ or if a child, and we're talking preschool or even grade school, like grades one through six. He says, according to this information, the materials provided by the Thrive event include comprehensive lessons pl- lesson plans now used in thousands of public schools and middle schools and elementary schools. Lessons titled for some of the kindergarten grade lessons planned include Jacob's New Dress, Understanding Gender Expression. Another one, they, she, he, easy at ABC's Understanding Names, Pronouns, and Gender Expression. Chimera Butterflies, Non-Binary Animals, that's the title of a book. And I Am Jazz, Understanding Transgender Children. Now that's an interesting thing because the I Am Jazz was based on a, a, a movie that was on Lifetime. And Jazz was transitioning. You know that now Jazz wants to go back? but they don't have a TV show about that. And then this author writes, it's a tr- tragic enough that thousands of young boys and girls are being led to undergo drug treatments and surgical procedures that leave them with irreparable physical mutilation. American society in general is profoundly harmed when generation after generation of public school graduates lack even the most basic knowledge and skills. So these kids are getting pushed out and they're, they're being oriented towards an ideology, as we talked about in the very beginning, which is a religion. I am telling you that the LGBTQ ideology is a religion. It is a modern religion. It doesn't have, uh, it doesn't have angels. It doesn't have God. It, it has self. Self is the core principle. What the self desires, what the self wants. And this is leading to an explosion. And, and, and can you find a more receptive audience 
for narcissism. Young children. And, uh, you know, we could talk about how if you're straight, you're going to get the social pressure. Uh, and TikTok was revealed. There was a great article about TikTok and how it's being used to fundamentally disorient children in America today, having them question their values. Uh, and they're doing it through all kinds of, it's just uh, creepy. I hope I can find this this article. Uh, and then, of course, you've got this, the education secretary asking for almost $600 million to boost mental health providers in schools. Now, if it's not hard enough to be a kid, could you imagine uh, the, the amount of peer pressure that you must be undergoing, especially in large cities where LGBTQ is much more prominent? It's all over the place. I mean, that's why they're having the drag queen, you know, displays. They're just, they're in there promoting this new sexual liberation. And again, it's an ideology. If you think about it in terms of it being a religion, it has the same uh, tenets. You know, convert other people, bring them in, make them feel welcomed, give them a purpose in life that they can fight for, which in this case would be social injustice. Uh, they 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 convert you, but how do they convert you? That's the question. Uh, you know, I, I could go there, and I probably should go there, and I'm going to go there because I know it's the truth. The, reason, the way they do it is they molest children. They either molest them in their minds or they molest them in their bodies. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a good example. The other day I was watching this show, and it was, uh, I think it's called uh, Shrink. I think it's on Hulu. It doesn't matter really what it's on, but the, it, it's a kind of a comedy drama. And the other day they had as part of its subject matter, there, there was a wedding. People were being invited and among the people and it had every group you could imagine. It had an Asian, an African-American, African-American lesbian, a gay man, and then these two gay couples. And during the course of the, the episode, these two gay men met a man at the, the wedding and they decided that they liked them and they wanted to have a threesome. And they did. And they showed a clip of these three men, only from the waist up, not engaged, but they were together. And it was clear what they were doing. And unfortunately, the presence of uh, this show is available and extremely popular. And people on the left laugh at it, they think it's funny. And it's, it's so dark. It's so sick. Because what they're doing is they're displaying the worst of banality. And it's a punchline. And I said, this is where the media and culture wants us to go. They don't only want us to go, but they want the children to go too. And when they passed laws in California, I think it was just before the pandemic, Governor Gavin Newsom was under pressure from the LGBTQ advocacy, which, by the way, Kathy Griffin is at the head of a major LGBTQ organization. And she is constantly pressing for the normalization of pedophilia and trans rights and all these other things and introducing them to the curriculum of the schools with books that I just told you about. And the, uh, the law that they changed in California was that if you were a 25-year-old man, you could legally have sex with a 
15-year-old man, boy, teenager, as long as the 15-year-old acquiesces or says yes. Uh, the distinction there is that there's a 10-year limit where if you molest a child and they're less than 10 years younger than you or they're over the age of, I think it's 14, then it's not no longer considered a crime. And the reason they came up with that bill is because the LGBTQ advocacy groups felt that it was it was harming gay men and punishing them more severely than straight men who abuse young girls. That's what they're thinking about in California, and that bill is still on the books. Now, I tell people about that bill, and they say, no, nah, you're making that up. You're telling me that a male, a 25-year-old, what they call chicken hawk, going after a 16-year-old boy is not a felony, it's not rape? No, it's not. Now, I want you to think about what happens to young boys who have these kinds of encounters, oftentimes not of their own choosing. You know, boys that are taken in, runaways, just like girls. It's a form of human trafficking, really. Grooming. You get these predators that groom. And the thing about the reference to the, the TV show is they're playing into a stereotype that is based on reality. That's what young gay men do. They like to have sex. They like to have sex with young post-pupescent boys. And this is well known in the gay community, but nobody talks about it in the straight community. And that's why these deviants are allowed to continue on their way. And they're grooming people. It's like indoctrinating them into their own form of religion. And I know it's very sick, and I know it's probably upsetting to people listening to me. But this is a reality that is going on in our society. And the media and the government is supporting it. So, I have to tell you, that's not the country I grew up in. The question is, what do we do about it? I'll see you next time. Leave with Led Zeppelin. Speaking out, America. I hope somebody's listening. What is a woman? So here's the thing. Womanhood is something that is an umbrella term. Was to each their own. Each woman, each man, each person is going to have a different relation with their own gender identity and define it differently.